Hi. Hi, do you want to clap? No, you clap. Oh, okay. Three, two, hang about. Does that mean you're on an iPad? It does. I couldn't handle it. You couldn't handle the crackly... Well, it's clearly um, something about... Uh, it would be some bug in the OS or something that's... Uh, this is, yeah, boring. <laughs> so would you like to know what my technical issue was? I'd love to know what your how your tech setup was having hiccups. Because I just didn't want to say, I couldn't find my headphones. <laughs> Which is technically a technical hiccup. It took you 10 minutes to find your headphones. Yeah, I'm really quite clumsy. Where um, where were they? In a, in a suitcase. Oh, from having, <laughs> having travelled? No, <laughs> from tidying up. I tidy up and then I put things where they shouldn't be. Ah, you know that it's a, um, it's a curse. Marie Kondo says that there should be a place for everything. <laughs> I'll never be able to solve the insurmountable problem of... Oh, whatever. World messiness. <laughs> this is a podcast in which two friends talk about the pleasures, absurdities, and imperfections of being human. I'm Simon Ellis. And I'm Lee Miller. Welcome to Midlifing. It's a thing about, uh, I mean, not that I'm a perfectionist, but um, it's a thing about... Please see last week's episode <laughs> for which box he checked. <laughs> hey, I heard from Corbatron, who's um, very happy to provide a, an anaesthetics referral, a referral to an anaesthetist. <laughs> and he has no problem with me just like hacking away sus- to see how it I gets. suspect, I think he thinks it's probably worth it. <laughs> but I did hear from a couple of other listeners who were um, unhappy about the idea of paying $19 for an Enneagram. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Uh, they went, they, they obviously looked at the fine print, which we yeah. did not. Which we didn't. We got to, what was it, page one? <laughs> page one on a, I was looking on a phone as well, so maybe it was, uh, yeah, does it? The only thing about, yeah, that when you're a little bit organized, is it's very easy to think more organized is better. Right. And I think that's the point at which you, well, there's a point, I suspect, where you become, let's say, 99th percentile odd. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So people are out with you and you go, oh, oh, don't worry. Yeah, I can give you that. And then you go to a special pocket that has a special (laughs) Ziploc bag. And inside that special Ziploc bag, there are three compartments. Exactly. And then you, yeah, okay. Uh, Exactly. And the look on their faces is, um, yeah. yeah. And they're like, actually, I don't need, I don't need that chapstick. It's fine. I'll, um, I'll just, I'll, I'll just, uh, exactly. I'll just let my lips go. I'm going to go to the vanilla one now. Here's the vanilla pocket. Um, so yeah, yeah. And I'm always, cause you know, there's a point where I guess anything where, where you, what have you, if you, um, how do I say, if you, uh, keep massaging a particular part of your personality, it's really, uh, I, I think the line between it being just a regular or let's say, um, first standard deviation aspect of a personality for it to becoming a sort of third standard deviation, um, means that, uh, I think those lines are very blurry, you know, like for example, if you're, um, I don't know if you, if you're a little bit weird about open spaces and then 
it's it's I think it's just easy to feed those things. Yeah. It's to the point where you can't yeah. step outside your house or you can't gotcha. drive on a freeway yeah. or whatever, you know, yeah. whatever the Yeah. 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 So and, and so so you're aware <laughs> that there's a certain level of organization that you've got to sort of every now and then <laughs> unsettle so that you don't become Exactly. I have to un- right. I have to unzip myself every now and again. Okay. Okay. Does this translate over to cleanliness? Like, and by cleanliness, I don't mean your cleanliness, because we know that during the lockdown there were like weeks on end where you didn't shower. So actually, I think I just answered my own question. It does not. I do not. Um, it's uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so every now and again, I'll, for example, I'll make my desk messy and proceed to work with a messy desk just to check that I can still do that. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Okay. Wow. I'm glad okay. that I think that must have been page seven of the Enneagram. That uh... that's I'm I'm quite I'm quite impressed by that. Which bit? Um, all of it because I I don't I just don't think I've committed to any way of being in as in as thoughtful a way as you are. I just am, <laughs> and I think that there's absolutely no suggestion here that that is making me a better contributor to the human race. I think I might be worse. No, no. Well, that's not. So I'm not. I think that's who I am as well. Yeah. But all I'm yeah. saying is I just, I'm just aware that feeding that kind of... Um, yeah. M- Marie will tip you over the edge if you start to go, does this bring me joy when you hold every single thing? Yes, it's, it's really hard when you're going through all the bits of your granola in the morning. Oh, here's, the, <laughs> here's, this, here's this, you know, cooked half piece of pecan nut. Does this bring, yeah. does this spark joy? Mm-hmm. Yes, Exactly. I I tidied up the top of the fridge yesterday. Oh God, that's a terrifying thought. I mean, just tops of fridges around the world, you know. <laughs> I got loads of things down, washed them, cleaned them, dried them, and put them back, and then no, I put them on the window ledge by the front door, which, if you remember, is a very very big window. Yes. Ledge. I, so I've left everything there, like offerings to the uh, to the charity shop gods, um, and Bob will be taking them. Ah. Yeah, I was I was feeling quite proud of myself, and then when I put everything back on top of the other things that I was keeping yeah. back on top of the the fridge, I looked and went, it doesn't look any different oh. at all. But but then I think perhaps I was imagining it was going to look completely clear, which is ridiculous because I had put things back there. Yes, I, uh, yes, that, that circumstance. I'm um, ruthless. Gone, gone, gone. Ah, gone. you see now I can't do that because I found a set of. <laughs> East German coffee cups. How could you um, possibly throw those out? Oh, they were beautiful. Which you never use. We've never used. We are now. They've gone into the dishwasher and they'll be used for breakfast this oh, morning. Oh, exciting. I have had quite a week. Oh, you have. I How have are been. you? I mean, it's early. Well, we should say it's early, by the way. We're recording mm. very early. Which is probably why I couldn't find my headphones, because I wasn't fully cosmetic. Oh, I'm sorry. To, that's, it's my I fault, apologize. indeed, that we are. No, you gave me a... No, 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 no. You gave me a range of options, and I chose this one, so there can be no blame. But I was... Um, sorry, I'm just trying to switch off my ring light, because it is now shining in my eyes for no reason. <laughs> I forget you have a... You actually do have a ring light. I do have a ring light. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I forget I have a ring light as well. But it's at what happy. point in your life did you think, hmm... I really need a ring light. <laughs> um, it was the point at which Bob brought it back from a charity shop. Oh, so someone else had thought they really needed one and then learned that they didn't really need one. Yeah, exactly. And also your YouTube channel is huge now. Oh, it is, it's yeah. It's in the yeah. show notes. 
Yeah, I was going to say, if, if people are interested in watching me... Um, break dance. Break dance, and also... Break... <laughs> break wind. <laughs> Come on, Simon. That's what you're going to say. Sorry. I don't pass gas. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I've been poorly sick this week, and uh, so bad, in fact, that I was unable to go to work, um, which is actually maybe not so bad in the in the current... Um, I didn't mean as in <laughs> I quite enjoyed not going to work. I meant... In the current climate, we are advised not to go to work if we're a little bit sick, aren't we? Yes, and in fact, really, that should be just a rule, generally. Yeah, <laughs> but, it, but mm, yeah, uh-huh. I remember being surrounded by people uh, one particular year. Uh, every single person in the department had just rivers of snot coming out of them. At the beginning, well, actually, it was around about when we recorded last week. I started to feel a little bit, um, a bit fuddle-headed and by the end of the Saturday um, I, I was um, I, I had a, an appalling headache I woke up on on Sunday with a really bad cough and a temperature mm. and by Monday morning I'd lost my sense of smell and my sense of taste so I was coughing, elevated temperature no smell or taste and thinking, oh. well this is only going one way mm. so multiple lateral flow tests later, all of which were negative, I thought, well, these are clearly a bad batch. Uh, nice. <laughs> very, nice. Very excellent yeah. uh, TV show the if you've not watched it, please yes. do. Um, and so I booked myself for a PCR test, which was also negative. I was just laid low by an appalling cold. Mm. And are you feeling better now? You sound a little, you know, a little, a little huskier and sexier than yeah. normal. Yeah, that's it. I am a little huskier and sexier than normal. And if people understood why, it would be the least sexy thing in the world. Yes, but let's not let's not ruin their dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly our Hi faithful there, listeners. Maybe. Yes, they're my hearties. Hi there. <laughs> Was that a seagull I just heard in the background? Yes, I do live by the coast. Oh, that was great. It was really clear. Uh, that's probably because it's sitting on the roof. It's not. It's actually not sitting on my roof. It'll be sitting on Jill's roof. Jill has a, a seagull who uh, talks to her. He doesn't talk to her. He comes into her kitchen and eats food. I'm sure I've mentioned the, Conrad. A seagull? A seagull. Wait, I, I've heard the cat, the dog going in to eat the cat food. Oh, yeah. Well, but no, I didn't. There no, also, there's, a, there's a total it's there a, was a, a real yeah. menagerie. Is that the right That's word? That's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Menagerie, yeah. The, um, it's a seagull that she met when it was quite a young seagull, so a, a substantial number of years ago. Did you know seagulls, this is so boring, remain junior for seven years? They don't become fully-fledged adults until they are seven. Right. Have you ever seen a seagull walking around who has a little sort of grey patch on the back of uh, her neck? I, I don't know how to answer that. Maybe. I realise that probably if you don't live in a place with seagulls, you're not paying that much attention. Well, we have foxes, but they're different. Yeah, I don't. I can't tell you about foxes because I don't don't have any of them um, uh, nearby. But seagulls, when they have, uh, they they're grey when they when they uh, are uh, hatched, and then um, they keep this little grey patch until about seven years old, and, or when they they're fully that. white, you know. Yeah, they're old, older than seven when they're fully white, and they can live to twenty-five. And it's very, it's oh, wow! It's very, it's very obvious. This grey patch. Yeah, it's very obvious, and those are those are um, youngish um, seagulls. And 
Jill met Conrad while he was young-ish, and he would go to her, her garden, and she would let him eat out of the recycling bin, and that eventually became a friendship where he wandered into the uh, into the kitchen. Then he brought his girlfriend round one year. What's her name? Uh, I'm not sure she has a name. What? Or at least I can't remember. I can't remember. I'm sure she has. She a hasn't name. been formally introduced. Perhaps. And then he brought round his child. No, this is yeah. He's brought the whole lot round. But mostly it's just Conrad who hangs out in the garden. Yeah. So Conrad obviously feels pretty safe. This is amazing because actually I was trying to, I was sort of shuffling through things that we might talk about. And I thought, let's talk about seagulls. It's an incredible coincidence, actually. That, um, <laughs> it really is. It is. I'm, I'm very happy that uh, we got there um, organically, as the, uh, yes, as the as hippies they, might as say. As they, as they say, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yes, you heard a seagull. There are many of them around. I don't find them to be bothersome or or pest like. I find them quite friendly uh, and chatty. Well, um, and also um, social. Very social. Yes, Jeff has no truck with them. He won't. He won't mess with a seagull. He doesn't chase too... them. No, 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 no. He finds them a bit too big. Um, in fact, he's not really. He likes the when they f- when birds flap. He gets a bit excited, but mostly he's uninterested in birds because I think you know for a while we had uh, collared doves in our garden. Yes, I think you have yeah. mentioned most of the things I know about you now are are in an episode yeah, of Midlife. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Have you thought what might happen when we run out of things to talk about? I was thinking about that the other day because I asked myself a question while I was hoovering. <laughs> That I thought, oh, did you ask yourself out loud? Oh, I could have done. (sighs) I mean, I do talk to myself out loud a lot. Do you? Um, Constantly. But I was hoovering. Yes. And I did find myself asking, hmm, I wonder if Simon considers himself to be ambitious. And then I thought, hmm. I wonder if we've had that conversation before. <laughs> I'm sure it was on one of the... Wasn't it in one of the questions last week? I realised that either I don't pay attention when I'm editing these, or we haven't actually asked, are you ambitious? Let's just assume that um, faithful listeners uh, will have forgotten and unfaithful listeners wouldn't have heard that episode. So what would you say? About you? Yeah. I think it's a complex response that I would have to try and craft to be able to answer a question that seemingly is as simple as, are you ambitious? Because it feels like a yes or no question. Um, mm. Because there's there's elements that I, I hear from your life that I think, gosh, he must have worked really, really hard in order to ensure that that happened. I'm thinking here in relationship to your career. And I don't think you work hard if you don't want to achieve something. Mm. Ooh, is that an aeroplane? It is an aeroplane. Wow, it's so clear. Is it sitting on your roof? <laughs> We've got one that uh, the neighbours <laughs> go to the neighbours' house and they feed it. And you know, it brought one of its baby 737s along as well. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. The fucking racket next door. I don't know what they feed. They grow up so quickly. <laughs> I'm the godfather, actually, to one. Um, yeah, ambition is a... But yeah, from the, out, from the outside, I, I would say that I think there is a level of ambition um, that, that drives you. I think perhaps particularly um, in relationship to all of the collaborations you've developed. Mm. But maybe that's not an ambition. Maybe that's just wanting to hang out with people. Yeah, it's funny. I've often thought um, that the reason I 
became an artist was to get to work with people because I get to have these um, complex and difficult and beautiful and funny, um, yeah, opportunities to work with people. But um, I think I think I have to say was. Oh, right. And there's a line which is, I think I was absolutely as a child, I was deeply ambitious, deeply driven. And I'm not sure the difference between those two words that I wanted you know, I wanted to be this. I wanted to do this. No doubt about it. Yeah, so I don't know the difference between, you know, being driven and being ambitious. It might be that they are precisely the same thing. Um, and certainly in the early days, in the early years, I guess, of my, of my um, you know, of choreographing and dancing, yeah, highly ambitious, no question. Um, <clears throat> and that I was prepared to, yeah, work very, very hard to get better and better and better. Yeah. But um, I don't feel that at all now. What I've retained is something about doing things well. Like I'd much rather do fewer things well. Mm-hmm. But So I don't know what drives the thing of doing them well other than see previous episodes about perfectionism and well, perhaps earlier that leads, this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that leans into everything we've talked about so far today. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So you're not interested in, I mean, is okay. Let me ask a slightly different question. Is ambition connected to the external validation of others or is it connected to achievement, do you think? I've, I don't think I've ever been highly motivated by the validation of others. I've certainly been, as you would say, achievement-oriented meaning that I wanted to achieve this, I wanted to achieve that. But I don't think it would be accurate for me that I've never been motivated by, highly motivated by those kinds of, um, of that, what others might say. Mm. And yet, and yet, recognition, actually, I was having this um, conversation with an Italian, um, my teacher the other day, actually, about, about values. And one of the values I rated lowest was recognition. For you or in the world? Being, like, getting recognition for doing something. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one yeah. of those is, whether that's in the world or for me or both. Right, okay. Yeah. So I, I was thinking, like, does that mean that you're uninterested in things like the Golden Globes because it's a, it's a nonsense? Yes, yes. Right, so it's, that would mean the world. Is, I didn't mean you in the world. I was thinking about your perspective. Oh, I see, I see, I see, I see. No, I was thinking about, I, I think about me. I'm not driven by that. I'm right. not motivated okay. by that. Okay. I mean, uh, I do think things like the Golden Globes are a bit of a nonsense. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think Wimbledon is a nonsense? <laughs> well... Do you think the Australian Open is a nonsense? Well, it is at the moment, that's for sure. Well, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I, uh, pool. It's being turned into he a can, circus. He can't, he can't, he can't, he can't, he can't. It is uh, a bit of a tricky one. Yeah. So, in a way, I think you're asking is, what are you asking is a, a, an event in which the merits of people are determined, the merits of a, some aspect of a person are, are determined through competition? <laughs> This is a long-winded way of saying, are you saying that, uh, are you asking me you know, if I think competitions are good things? I guess I am asking you if competitions are a good thing, and also where do they sit within the, the landscape of ambition? Because I guess they unlock things, don't they, that allow you to make, take another step. I remember, in, I remember in the late 80s when, which was it, was it the 88 Olympics, 
which were in Korea, were Seoul. Los Angeles, 84, 92 was Barcelona, 96. Yes, I'm pretty sure that's correct. And um, and what was, I think, I just remember at the time, a sociologist had done some kind of uh, survey of Olympic athletes about the things they'd be prepared to do to get a medal at the Olympics. And it was, it was the lengths were extraordinary, in, including, um, well, certainly robbery, some talked about murder. Like they were, it was, it was, it, my memory of it was just being shocked yeah. at the idea that a human being might think that an Olympic medal was worth all of those things. And so my point in saying that is just, I think it's hard to fathom. Well, is it? Well, maybe that's a question for you. How, how hard is it for you to fathom the extraordinary things that people will do in the service of their ambitions? Yeah. And I think that's sort of, it's a really useful rejoinder to the, the overly simple question of, are you ambitious? Because I don't know if I am or if I'm not, but I think there are moments where I've seen it in other people and found myself going, oh, that's not who I thought you were. Huh. And I don't mean I didn't think you were ambitious. I mean, I didn't think you would do that to somebody. Yes. And I have found that on several occasions in life quite um, arresting. And then I've wondered to myself, have I done something similar? <laughs> Who have you trodden on? Yeah. Who have I pushed out of the way? Mm. With, I think, and I think here it's about deliberately so in order to get what I want. And I know that. And I know we're gonna. I'm going to open up a little box that's going to make you roll your eyes audibly. And we're just getting them warmed up. Yeah. <laughs> I know that I have benefited from white male. <laughs> sorry, I sorry. I went for a full laugh as opposed to just an eye roll. <laughs> but you know, I, I am I am aware that there will be people who have sort of been on the journey of my career with me and I don't necessarily mean directly but people who sure. sort of sat alongside of me in various roles and thought to themselves how the hell did I he am at l- l- yeah I'm at least as capable as he is how on earth did he well I thought it last thing? week when you started going on about the book chapter you're writing about the body performance and technology what what, what? Oh, wait, yeah, I'm you're, from a little country <laughs> that's not how exclusion works, we were colonized <laughs> You were a coloniser. Wait, wait, wait. Get it the right way around. How can that be? How, what do you mean, how can that be? <laughs> Let's just check. I'm pretty confident. If we were to look into you're... my fucker papa, you would, um, you would find that there was, it's as white as, <laughs> you, heavily European. I was going to say, in this podcast, you were the whitest person here. Yeah, I think pink. I think you anyway. skewed ivory. <laughs> skew ivory but i'm sure there are people who have have um that's what i mean by having sort of benefited from from white male privilege that kind of stuff but at the same time i wonder have i done things that uh, that go over and above just being um the regular privileges yeah, the regular privilege. have i done stuff to prime the pump as it were yes i like that prime the pump but but what what do you get from thinking that? From thinking that I, I am privileged or... Sort of at the heart of it, you're saying, 
it's you're not you you and I are not in the positions we're in because of some some pure meritocracy. Uh, yeah, I think that's what I'm saying. Right? Yeah. And it's very yeah. hard for me to disagree with that. Like it's yeah. really hard for me to disagree with that. But what do we do with that? What oh. I, I that's an interesting that's an interesting question because I, I I do sometimes wonder what does that do to to one's own ambition once you realize that you are benefiting as a result of somebody else being held in check. So what do, what does that do to your ambition? Does it mean that you stop trying? in order to to do some kind of weird leveling of the playing field and then i find myself going well that would work how does that stop white privilege happening and then does that mean that only people of color will benefit or will some even more mediocre white man succeed and i i think i know the answer I feel like uh, now that I've gone back to my iPad setup, that um, it's like flying without a safety net. Um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm anxious. You I keep know, checking. Is it going okay? Just, just relax into it. Relax into the anxiety. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 